Welcome everyone to part two of our 2022 retrospective. This time we talk about the games we covered from September to December and all of the games we covered in our spotlight episodes. It turns out that there were a fair number of them. But before we get to all of that, here is what you can expect after the episode in our call to action. It's just me today, so there's not really any fun banter after the episode. But please join me anyway, and you can hear about new things that are coming in 2023. I will have our patron thank yous. And I'm going to have some information on how you can help Ryan out because life is just being really unfair to world's favorite optimist right now. Until then, enjoy the episode. Last time on Character Creation Cast, Amelia and I were in the middle of reminiscing about everything we released in 2022. We made it all the way through August. We're picking up right where we left off last time. Enjoy. September, we were excited about the Rings of Power mm-hmm. premiering. Um, and we decided to have Steph Midlock and James Pearson, two lovely friends, mm-hmm. um, just like just delightful people. I love them so much. <laughs> um, uh, on to talk about the One Ring, mm-hmm. um, a Lord of the Rings role playing game, second edition. Is it? Yeah, well, it's wild. Think. I did not know that as well. Um, really? But yeah, it was the One Ring second edition. The first edition covered a different area of the world. Oh, okay. And then the second edition came in and said, we're covering this area instead, and here's some updated rules. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was it was wild. Uh, first of all, finding out that there was a first edition with, like, dozens of supplements, and yeah. all the first edition stuff is compatible with second edition. Did we talk about that in the episode? We did. Oh. I think this was during... It was. If it came out in September, then it would have been during my yep. my ECT period. So um, even with with Nova, like I know I was kind of nervous about uh, covering that one mm-hmm. um, because I was sort of in the middle of my my mental health crisis, mm-hmm. um, and so my brain was like not all there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's been fun sort of rediscovering some of the stuff yeah. that I just like did not remember. Um, we had a lot of fun with that, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's just first of all, it's a gorgeous book. So good. Um, it is a very interesting system. Yep. Um, and I've I've heard nothing but good things from people who have played it. Yeah. Um, that it very much has a focus on like the storytelling and mm-hmm. um, these sort of like chapters of the game. Yeah. Um, I made a man of free. His name was Knob Heathertoes. Knob Heathertoes. Yep. Um. I do love that this book gives you some naming ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, poor Nob, he did not really want to go adventuring. He no. lived with his parents. I, I think um, he worked he in was, like an inn or something. Yeah, with his parents. they they owned an inn, um, and he kind of just worked there. He was pretty happy, just yeah. like this is in the town know, of Bree. Yep, hanging out. Just yeah, doing and his then thing. 
of course, uh, I, I, I played Lorelin, an elf of Linden, uh, a warden, actually. Um, and and Lorelin's whole deal was like, I am learning about the shadow, the, the capital S shadow yeah. of this world. And there's stuff coming because uh, this takes place like 30 years before the events of the Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, before yeah. the rain gets. Before the know, War of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, so, like, we know stuff is coming, and, like, I'm seeing the signs of all this stuff coming, um, and at one point, I run into Gandalf, like, the Gandalf. Right, I do, yeah. We do a buddy cop uh, sort of uh, excursion. I would watch that. Hey, Amazon, (laughs) (laughs) get me, get me uh, a Gandalf buddy cop. Uh huh. Gandalf and the Warden, uh, buddy cop, uh, comedy. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Just as Tolkien intended. Yeah. (laughs) And and then Gandalf became a patron. Like he he said he pulled all of us together. He said, "I'll I'll I'll get you uh, what I need. You we'll meet in Bree and blah blah blah." Yeah, he's like, look, we're on season four. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have the time personally to be on the cast anymore. So uh-huh. I'm going to bring all of you together and you can do your little fellowship thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So so we got brought together and um, I forgot exactly what we were uh, supposed to be doing. I think we talked about it during the episodes, but uh, it yeah. was just such a delightful time with Steph and James uh, creating mm-hmm. this group and and, yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um James regularly runs it for their their group. So, yep. um, yeah, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. So 100%. Much fun. October, spooky we month? decided to once again go uh, into our spooky mode. Yeah. Um, and we had my friend Justin Jess come mm-hmm. on to discuss uh, Delta Green. Yes. Which is based on the, the Call of Cthulhu games. It has a similar yes. um, system. Uh, but like a little bit neater, a little bit cleaner, um, yeah, and and sort of some like very interesting changes, yes. Um, um, rather as, than something like Call of Cthulhu, where you go in and you're just like a nobody doing whatever, right? Um, this one you are, you do have some kind of talent, you know what you're getting into, mm-hmm. um, but the the general goal is to sort of keep all of the supernatural stuff on the down low. I know. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very investigative heavy. It's effectively like the X Files only ramped up, right? Right. Um, and, and like the the whole concept of the game is fascinating. Like keeping the the Cthulian horrors away from the mm-hmm. masses, and and you're playing effectively regular people, kind of that signed up for this. In a right. way, right? Um, so there are people with some kind of talent that mm-hmm. Delta Green would want. Um. And, you know, it's like in my case, I was a librarian, but I specialized in sort of like secret yes. government documents. Um, you I were a, a newscaster. Yeah, I was a TV <laughs> news anchor. Mm-hmm. Uh, April O. Jacobs. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, my, my character was Illuminata M. Justice. Yeah. Uh, I am My character Justice. wore a lot of yellow uh, mm-hmm. just, just to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> annoy Amelia Ryan doesn't a little bit. care about me. Yeah. I apologize. Uh you don't? I don't. Me. I don't. But I do love you and I I I I only do it in jest. 
It's true. It's true. It's out of love. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting one. I was, I was, um, I love the investigative nature of it. I yeah. love that. Um, unlike Call of Cthulhu, you are not necessarily going up against like this big otherworldly horror. Yeah. Like it is not necessarily this cosmic horror. It's like you are you are investigating these small little pieces because it's a very yes. bureaucratic organization. Mm-hmm. Um, is the thing that we loved about the character sheets is they do look like a government form. They do, um, which is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they really kind of went all in on some of the aesthetics of mm-hmm. this game too. So yeah, I really loved it. It kind of took a lot of the things that I didn't like about Call of Cthulhu and, right. and fixed some of them. Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts about this series actually was our discussion about the sanity mechanics, too. Yes, we had uh, a great discussion about that. Yeah, because we, we weren't able to really dive into that with the Call of Cthulhu uh, system because we're we're kind of focused on going through like the Like introducing creation. the system to begin with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it was really great that Justin was able to kind of join us for this discussion of, like, the sanity mechanics, the... The, the kind of gross uh, history behind utilizing the terminology that's being utilized, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and like, we don't have solutions for right. it. We're not um, but it was, it was really nice to like discuss it in sort of a nuanced way. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the discussions I've seen about it in the past have been on Twitter, which is not a great way to have discourse about nuanced things in 280 yeah, characters. Not really. Um, and so it was really nice to kind of, pick apart that sort of like here's what they were going for here's how i like to use it here's Mm -hmm. you know ways that you could potentially improve it here's here's why people have a problem with it yep um yeah it was it was a really great discussion i'm excited that we got the chance to dig into some of that absolutely uh we're getting close to the end of the year now with november Mm -hmm. uh we covered a sleepaway uh with my friend nicole trainer uh mm-hmm. we th- this is a game by Jay Dragon that it's it feels so different than a lot of games which is pretty easy to say about a lot of Jay's games it's true honestly um and and this is a game where you play camp counselors trying to protect your kids from this supernatural threat called the lindworm that mm-hmm. you don't know much about yeah, this game had a really, uh, a really unique marriage between this sort of wholesome, like, yes, summer camp vibe where we like made these kids, and it's like you get attached to your campers and all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. But like, oh, also this lurking horror and yeah, the crows in the forest and the you know like and, the old and witch. Anybody and- can die at any moment, and. Yeah. It's yeah. so brutal. Like, it's a belonging outside of belonging game. So there's no dice, uh, no game masters, of course, the no dice, no masters thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it really cuts deep on those moves, like, especially when you're getting into the, the hard moves that give you your tokens and whatnot. Yeah. Some of those are just so brutal. Um, yeah. It's it's ripe for emotional like interactions but also like like really sweet interactions at the same time right and and that was the part that just like it that's the part to me that felt the most unique about it is that it was very easy at one point to be like oh this is like a wholesome sweet game and then it was also like oh by the way the lindworm Uh uh-huh 
and and you sort of snap back and you're like, oh yeah, right. There's right. this lurking horror, and I, my job is to protect the campers, not from normal yeah. teenage angst necessarily, but from this outside creeping force. Yeah, it it honestly feels like that's like the perfect way to play a horror game is to have this real sweet stuff like mm-hmm. juxtaposed against like extreme existential horror. Yeah, that dichotomy I think really heightens mm-hmm. the horror. Absolutely. Um, because it, it feels so foreign. Like you you really do kind of forget about it so that when it's there, it feels much more impactful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I made I, Soliloquy, the crafter. Yep. Um, who kind of, you know, does some magic um and but mm-hmm. also, you know, runs the, the arts and crafts. Um your magic was like omens, right? Yes. Yeah. Um and and a thing that we kept landing on was this this importance of honesty. Uh-huh. Um and and so like the way that the omens worked had to do with with some of that honesty yes. and you know the strength of them and, and things like that it was really really interesting the way we kept landing on these these same themes over and over again mm-hmm. too. Um you played Margaret hyphen James. Margaret hyphen James, yep. Uh Margaret James Smith, uh the song leader. Uh, she was this, uh, she's this, uh, just, she loves to sing. She loves to, to play music and she's, her power of song is able to do things like hold things at bay while you're singing or calm everybody down Mm -hmm. when we're all singing a group song together, stuff like that. Right. And like the, the different things that you can do with that, with these moves is just phenomenal like yeah. I, I can imagine some real tense situations like oh well things are encroaching time to pull out my song that keeps everything at bay while i'm singing and i hope there's enough verses to make it out of this alive yeah it was um it's intense it was intense and there was like you had been a crafter and yeah. you know chose to not pursue that magic mm-hmm. um which is interesting too yeah. So there was a lot of like interconnectedness too. Um at our our LARP our Renaissance Fair yes. LARP camp. Very yeah. delete again. Yeah, we made our camp a LARP camp. Yeah. Uh just because we could. It wasn't in the rules to like define what sort of camp you had, but like it just felt not. right. It felt yeah. right. Um, but it had to take place in the woods. It has to take place with a lake nearby. Uh, right. There's like a few things that you have to have. Yeah, there's like this lake, this field, this yeah. Yep. Um, um, but then, and like, I know when you we get talked to, to Nicole at the beginning, and I said, like, what kind of camp is it? And, yeah. and she was like, Oh, I've never, you know, picked anything that wasn't just like basic summer camp. Yeah. You know, like cabins and hiking, and you mm-hmm. know. And I was like, Well, there's other types. You know, like let's yeah, let's make it yeah. fun. Let's make it fun. So we we leaned into our nonsense and made it a LARP camp. We did. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, I was thinking Sleepaway, perfect in between October, December, because October's spooky, December's cozy. Let's do something that's both. And it turned out to be kind of right on target, I think. It was, yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, for our cozy game for December, we chose to finally yep. <laughs> cover Ryutama. It's one that was on our list from the very beginning. Yep. People have suggested it many times. Um, and four and a half years in, we were like, well, let's, let's do, it. do it. Finally. Let's do it. Yep. Uh, our guest was Amber Seeger, uh, who was 
uh, who is the the host of Tabletop Babble, uh, mm-hmm. as well as uh, part of the uh, Shapeshift podcast, I believe it is. Um, and that one is also using uh, Ryutama um, for its actual play. And this was a really interesting experience. I don't think we've ever had an experience like this going through a game before. Yeah, so it was a, this was a game that I was not super excited to cover yeah. um, because it's it's just not my thing. Like, cozy, sweet, you know, it's like I, I didn't necessarily love Mouse Guard and we did that one because it was just, like, not my vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been on the list. Um, and so it was like, okay, fine. Yes. And you you could hear it in that first episode, me, like, kind of steadily getting more interested in it and being like, yes. okay, like, I like these mechanics. Yep. I can get into it. And then that excitement just kind of dropping off as we went through the character creation process. Yeah, because the 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 actual process of doing character creation was um it it was an older game from 2007 and got translated I think verbatim in 2015 from the original Japanese into English. And the it, it, was, it, it was frustrating. Just a little frustrating. Right. And um I still I can see the gameplay being fun. I can see, like, once you get to the game, things will be fun. But the process of getting there was like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do or what I'm not supposed to do at this point. And I think by the end, I didn't feel particularly tied to or passionate about my character. Yeah. um, Which is the thing that we we look for in mm-hmm. in character creation and and almost always end up there yes um because of you know the process and you know certainly that depends on the game and it depends on the guests mm-hmm. um and and what we're able to come up with in that process but this was one that it was like i'm just not yeah feeling I, it I, like nothing about the character or the choices that we made or anything like that made me like Excited to put those things together. I th- I think it's because we it, it was a game that requires collaborative world building, but it doesn't have you do that first, and it right. doesn't even have it doesn't even say you have to do collaborative world building. It just says make your characters, and then you can just make play, and yeah. then during play you can create villages, you can create your world, create right. NPCs for all these places, etc. But like if we had more time and we created a couple of villages and created the world, maybe even beforehand um, or during. Yeah, I think if we had done the world building beforehand and this is you know the same thing we kind of ran across with our, our D&D thing is that like by making these characters, we have already made decisions about the world. Yeah. But like they were not cohesive decisions yeah. and we came out of it and and we really had to kind of like find a way to shoehorn my character in we with the did. other things that you had done like yeah. y- you know your two characters kind of had this like easy connection with you being a patron of the arts and, yeah. and that kind of stuff and mine was just like also Amelia's here Amelia <laughs> <laughs> wants to make new colors and right and I, we were I able to was... kind of do that but even by the end it still felt really forced yeah exactly um and and i can see how the the trio would work in an actual right. game right and yeah. i could see us 
uh, you know, working together to complete each of our goals and whatnot. But as we've discussed in the past, that is not a thing the game did for us. Exactly. Yeah. The, so um, I it got so close. I think Ryotama is like, you know, inches away from really phenomenal character creation and world building for a really phenomenal experience. But it's just not quite there from a before play standpoint. Um, but from what everybody says when you're playing... It's, it's a great. lot of fun, and it sounds like fun. It's downtime the RPG, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think downtime is one of the most interesting points of playing things like Dungeons & Dragons because you're, you're taking a break from extreme adventure to decompress a bit. And and that is always the thing that I tell people about D&D. &D. They're like, but in my game, we had this great moment and we had, a, and I was like, and that was your table. Yeah. That had nothing to do with you playing D&D. &D. Exactly. Other than to refresh your things you needed to have that down, like other than D&D &D requiring you to have that downtime, the game mechanics did nothing to like promote that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, like it's you could play it just fine without that. Mm -hmm. Um and and so like Ryutama is, is very much the opposite of that of like what are you doing? Yep. In that downtime when you're in the village and and stuff like that. But yeah, I just didn't feel I didn't come away the way I do in a lot of our character creations where it's like yeah, dang, I wish I could play these characters. I was just like, yep, oh, I made something. It's fine. But the discussion episode was phenomenal. Yeah, um, we got to have a really great discussion about character sheets and accessibility. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I talk about very frequently in games, um, the fact that at character creation is the first touch point most of us have mm -hmm. with the game. And, you know, the way that sex sets expectations. Yes. Um, and we got to that question of, like, how does it set expectations for play? And it was like, it doesn't. It just, mm -hmm. it just doesn't. Right. It has nothing to do with right. gameplay. It's yeah, it's hard. Uh, and I, I think it was just a matter of not having the time to fully dive into it. Right. And right. But the thing was like fully dive into it meant play the game. Exactly. And that's not what we do. Exactly. And there are so many games where we've come away being excited mm -hmm. to play the game. Like even on games where I'm kind of like, eh, um, is like at least I'm I'm married to this character and I, mm -hmm. I want to do that. And it, we just didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a very strange series, but like, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it. And I'm glad we got the opportunity to to like yeah. do some of that. You know, we have our series with Jeff and John where we're like, this game's terrible. I hate it. Um, but we knew that going into it. Exactly. And, you know, then the other ones where we're like really excited about things. And it was it was interesting to have one that we were kind of like lukewarm on. Yeah. And it's one of those like I might want to play it because I've heard good things, but mm -hmm. it wasn't anything the game did for me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was all of our series, those 12 series uh, for 2022. We also had five spotlight episodes throughout the year. Um, mm -hmm. and, and these are nice little bonus uh, episodes that that really uh, just get to the heart of character creation in the games that we mm -hmm. cover. Um, so uh, the first spotlight that we covered in the year, um, Amelia wasn't able to make it to, unfortunately, but uh, we covered uh, Deimos Academy with Austin Taylor and Amanda Call. Uh, so this was uh, this was a, a game 
uh, by Banana Chan, and uh, it basically covers uh, like going to a high school reunion like years down the line and your high school happened to be a boarding school that's basically haunted. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Oh, oh. And the fun, the fun part is like, like that's great. But then like every character that you make has superpowers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, by the way, you all have superpowers. And right. uh, so I, so I created Arthur who was a telekinetic um, and his powers came about um, when like somebody was drowning or something like that. He, he pulled them in onto shore and, uh, and then left or something. Cause he was scared by his own power or something like that. I can't remember. Like it has something to do with, you have to, you have to do uh, these fears. You have to select fears and like those fears come into play throughout the academy yeah. but basically the whole thing is is you get invited to this reunion but like it's the shadiest of reasons like come to the reunion and we're gonna hand out money to one of the selected people and it's like yeah, wasn't there something about like ghosts or like yeah. so there's there there's like ghosts in a there's, library or something yeah so there, I, don't know, I had to listen to it to make the art for it and i don't really feel like <laughs> kind of like vaguely remember it. yeah it was it was a very interesting game um and the the whole thing is it plays with paper dolls and yes. stickers mm-hmm. so like you you dress these dolls in like various things and you put the paper dolls in the rooms within the book and you role play with the physical objects of of the game itself which is really fascinating yeah um but the whole point of the game is to explore this uh this boarding school and kind of uncover the secrets of what the heck is going on like there's no way they would invite us all here to give us all money that feels right. weird, right? Yeah. So, like, we had to figure out what was going on, why we were the ones invited, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, so, basically, a spooky game uh, with a lot of mystery involved and mm-hmm. some really interesting, unique mechanics that I haven't really seen before. Yeah. But then we got to Yazabas. 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 Bed and breakfast. Yeah, this was an interesting one because we, we did get to cover it with with Jay. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about it with designer Jay Dragon and Lily J. Harris, one of the artists. Mm-hmm. And this one didn't have character creation. No, this one, it was very interesting because it was like, I, why, why did we pick this one? Right. Because um, it doesn't have character creation. You pick characters and you sort of play this chapter, chapters in, you know, and so like yeah. you could potentially play a different character every chapter or you mm-hmm. can pick which chapters you play um because it tells you who shows up yeah in each of those yes yeah, so this one was interesting because it was just very different from what we've normally done it was a really interesting game and i'm, I'm glad we got to cover it because yeah. it was so different and it was so outside of what we normally do mm-hmm. i know i know the character that i chose i for the s- scenario that we picked was uh the angel I forgot yes. his name, but uh, it was this just a literal, like biblical biblically angel. accurate angel. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was just phenomenal. Uh, and yeah. like there's so many different characters that you can play in this game, which is kind of another uh, reason we wanted to cover it is like they've got a list of 40 some odd characters that you choose right. from to play these scenes. And each scene has like a, a couple characters that are going to be in the scene. And then you can pile on extra characters on top right. of that in most cases. And and then you just play through in this like weird mystical bed and breakfast that's like mm -hmm. super mundane but also magical, right. uh, run by a witch that hates romance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was very very interesting. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that one. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a it was very good so game, unique. though. Yeah. Hundred percent. Definitely. Um. After that, we got to cover a game that I was very, very excited about. Um, I had sort of an advanced copy of this one uh, because Ben had asked me to write um, kind of a review of it for the Kickstarter. Right. Um, he wanted like a couple sentences, and I think I wrote like three paragraphs. Uh -huh. And I was like, use what you want. Um, <laughs> and so this this was broken by uh, Ben Wallace, mm -hmm. who we've had on the the show before on our um, evolution cast about romance and games. Yep. Um, and this is a game about playing the process of a breakup. Yes. And the central mechanic of this game is you pick objects kind of related to this relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and you break them yeah. as, as part of play. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that he had asked me to to do the review is because I've I've been through a divorce. Mm -hmm. Um and I have to say, like, it just I cried reading it. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I made notes on it as I was reading and one of my notes on there is, Oh my god, Ben, you monster. Monster. <laughs> you monster. Uh -huh. Um it was one of the most visceral and cathartic uh -huh. mechanics. I have ever seen. Yes. Um, you and I got the chance to actually play this game. We and we did. Can, we can talk about that a little bit later, um, what that experience felt mm -hmm. like. Um, but we had Ben on because I really wanted to cover this for an evolution cast before I went to Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, and so we did, as we did with our Starcrossed uh, game, we did groups. We did groups. Yeah. Um, groups of two. Yes. So do you want to talk a little bit about the ones we made? Yeah, so uh, so I made Bubble Gumdrop, uh, your quintessential magical girl, uh, and uh, paired with your Lady Darkness, uh, and we had gotten married, so eventually you were Lady Darkness Gumdrop. Oh, right, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Lady Darkness Gumdrop. Because you wanted to take uh, you wanted to take my last name, mm -hmm. um, and, and you were your quintessential Darkness. necromancer. Of course, right? So this was the Magical Girl Necromancer, Enemies to Lovers uh, sort of storyline. And mm -hmm. eventually we, we had to break up because that's the conceit of the game, right? Um, so we created this, this couple that had been through a lot in the past, reconciled, and fell in love with one another. And now we're breaking up for who knows what reason. But like... Just some of the things like that we put in there, like you had some good items that you were going to be breaking. Uh, and yes, because we we kind of um, tried to pick a few things that we would we would maybe do 
Yeah. Um, oof. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really good. I don't want to spoil it too much if you haven't heard that one, but really, it, it hits to your heart. Like, the, there's two options for the stuff that you can break in this game. It's either mm-hmm. you can make up whatever you want and write it down on, like, a popsicle stick, and then that stick represents that object in this fictional yeah. world. Or you can use real objects that you get like from a thrift store or old stuff you have that you don't mind breaking and 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 kind of fit those real objects in with your story. Yeah, I kind of make a story based on on what things you you pick yeah. out. Yeah. Um so each scene that you play is based on a memory mm-hmm. kind of around that. Um Every scene will begin with one character recalling something positive from the relationship using the words, remember when blank. Mm-hmm. The other person will then serve a reminder, giving a twist a complication to the memory using the words, but you forgot about blank. Yeah. Um, and, and then you kind of role play out this scene. Yes. Um, and... The the goal of each scene is t- that one person becomes disenchanted yeah. with the situation. With, um, with like a particular trait that right. they liked about the other person. Yes. Like I yeah. used, and then you say, I used to think this about you yeah. before you break the object. Right. And, and one of the things that I really liked about it and a note that I, I made in my, in my reading of it is that I like that it really challenges the the sort of like I hate you version of breakups. Right. It really forces you to think about the nuance of a breakup and to sort of have empathy mm-hmm. for the situation because you're saying, you know, remember this happy memory? Yeah. And then like here's how it kind of went wrong. Yep. Um so you're you're forced to remember that there were good things there. Mm-hmm. Um and to have, you know, empathy for the other person. And and acting out the ways that the viewpoints of a situation can really differ. Yeah. And and the ways that people change over the course of a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, it was oh boy. I know. <laughs> we'll we'll talk more about it later. We will. Uh um, so so what characters did you and Ben make then? Um, we made these really kind of mundane characters. We made these customs agents in this in this space situation. Mm-hmm. Um, ben made a character named Alex Jordan. I made Cressida Wilson. Alex got this promotion mm-hmm. that I really wanted um, and, and felt that I was kind of qualified for. And so that that, that kind of started to, to tear us apart. Yeah. And this, you know, like the changing power dynamic of yeah. that relationship. Um, and so that was an interesting one to play out because it was just like a very normal yeah. situation. In, in a somewhat, you know, not normal circumstance. So space... Custom yeah, agents. I mean, yeah, we did we did pick sort of a different genre, but we played out a but, very yeah. m- mundane relationship situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is very different from what you two did. <laughs> yep. So, so I wanted to pull from one of the games that I made um, about playing Highlander Immortals, uh, and uh, Ben and I did Highlander Immortals mm-hmm. in a relationship over hundreds of years. Um, so we were able to pull objects throughout the centuries, uh, which was just such a fascinating concept that like 
our relationship lasted multiple lifetimes mm-hmm. before we would break up. And uh, so I, I played Isabella Mano and uh, and Ben was Cristaldo uh, Mano, I believe. And then like, it's just these two immortals that, that like fell in love throughout time and mm-hmm. oh, so good. Yeah. Like, like the thought of like the heartbreak of one relationship for one lifetime was a lot, but like you add 10, 10 to 20 lifetimes worth of, right. uh, of history with somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's just wild to think about. Yeah. And yeah. what would, what would cause those two people to, to eventually break apart? Right. Right. Yeah. This was a, who boy. Yeah. Gut punch of a game. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh, similarly, um, uh-huh. in this sort of weird relationship breakup drama, um, uh-huh. we covered a game called I Have the High Ground by Just Levine and Seda. Yep. This was so much fun. We ended up having to break this one into two episodes because we, we went on so long. Ugh, it was so good, though. You, it's basically playing out in kind of that Anakin Obi-Wan situation. Yes. But you are doing everything up to that final duel. Yep. Um, and in fact, whoever ends up starting the duel loses. Yep. And it was, it was really fantastic. Yeah. So we, we made a pair and, and Justin Seda made a pair. Mm-hmm. Ours was, of course, Magical Girl Necromancer. Yes. We, we had been on a Magical Girl team. Originally, um, and fell in love, and you mm-hmm. know, but you had been sort of corrupted. Yes, and one of the things with this game is that you have to choose the stakes. Yeah, and so we decided that we wanted end of the world all the stakes. way to eleven, crank it all up. the way, right? Um, and and Justin Seda played these these two space pilots that were just constantly trying to one-up each other yeah. and have a karaoke competition in a bar on uh-huh. a Wednesday afternoon. Yep. Um, so they picked, like, the lowest of the low stakes. Uh-huh. And that was a really fun juxtaposition it to kind of so talk good. about. Um, ours was this, like, epic back and forth yeah. over this iridescent volcano. Uh-huh. Um, and just, just fantastic. I, I really loved these characters that we came up with because, like, I I was the corrupted one, and you were the the one that was like still like pure and good, and right? Whatnot. Which is different uh, than normal. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Because I I was originally Princess Sapphire, and then after becoming corrupted, became Princess Obsidian, mm-hmm. and and you were Princess Opal, uh, yes. which has that that iridescent sort of uh, motif. Mm-hmm built into yeah. it which is fantastic yes yeah like um it was it was yeah these like huge high stakes you know last minute like you know if if i'm defeated it it means the end of the world i think it was end um, of the universe like right, yeah. like i was yeah. trying you had this orb of darkness right right because because you you knew that like if you use it right it's fine but like I said, you have to destroy it. Mm-hmm. So I was trying my hardest to take it and destroy it. And 
But if I think that it would was have like, happened, if you had destroyed it, it released that. Yeah, destroying it right? would destroy the universe. But I didn't know that. I thought right. destroying it was the only way to save the universe, but the orb was the thing corrupting me. Right. Yeah. So, like, it, you know, it was kind of like the wandering sort of. Uh, right. Yeah. Thing. And it was just this, like, intense, like, emotional thing of, like, I, you know, cared about you and I had watched you slowly become this different person and you know you felt like I was trying like you were doing the right thing and I was trying to stop you and there's that resentment um on the other hand we had Justin Seda who (laughs) were just like these sort of rivals and kind of like pretending like they didn't like each other but constantly trying to one-up each other yeah because they Um, really liked each other and they wouldn't admit it Right, right. And so they decide that they're going to have this karaoke battle yeah. in this space bar. Um, and, you know, it was to the point where, like, one of them was bringing their own microphone and trying to, like, move the chairs to have the perfect acoustics. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, the bar staff just hated them. Um, <laughs> you know, so it was this really, really petty thing. Yeah. Um, so we, got, we really got to show the depth and breadth of things in that game. Um, yep. But, yeah, that, that so much like... Fun. Um, you know, theirs was very much enemies to lovers, and ours was lovers to enemies. And I loved that one, and it so could have gone both ways, right? The right. the story that we had going could have been like, you save me and bring me back, and then I have to deal with all the bad stuff I did as Princess Asidian, or I win and goodbye everything. Right. right. But we would never find that out because that's not the point. It's not the point the of the game. Like, you know. even if we did a full playthrough of this game, that's not what you find out. It's right up you to You find that out point. what happens just before that first strike of the battle. Right. Oh, it's yeah. so good. It was so good. Rebels of the Outlaw Wastes. <laughs> um, we covered with Banana Chan and Michael Addison, who are the designers. Yep. Um. <laughs> This one you you play um, in this sort of like post-apocalyptic kind of like Mad Max sort of situation. Yeah. Um, But it has a lot of world building involved in the character creation, which obviously we Mm -hmm. were very excited about. Yeah. We picked something where like you had to kind of pick what your apocalypse was, like what had happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And we decided Y2K. Y2K. Which I was really excited about it because you were like, I'm thinking... And I was like, I really like, I know what I want. Um, And then you said Y2K. And I was like, yes, because that was also what I wanted. Uh, And so we like leaned full into this concept that the world had ended in 1989. Yeah. And we, we built this world that was like, you know, everybody was known by their old AIM screen names. Yep. The city of St. Louis was this like big you know, hub. Yeah. And money was based on Tamagotchis. Yep. (laughs) And however long your Tamagotchi had lived and how healthy it was, you know, made it worth more. And so, and so this evil corporation was doing Tamagotchi farming. Yeah. So like people would have safety within the corporation's walls versus all the existential stuff that's outside of the walls, Mm -hmm. but they would have to work farming Tamagotchis to get them to a level 100 to make them both worth more. And secretly, they were trying to find the golden Tamagotchi, uh, which would which would unlock something 
to be determined or something. Yeah. 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 Um, And I think we finally figured out that like one of the characters, um, uh, I think it was Banana Chan's character was Mm -hmm. a cyborg who was also part Tamagotchi. And Mm. we think, we think that character was actually the golden Tamagotchi once, once uh, to the proper level. Right. Yeah. So like, um, I, I made, uh, Luna Moonhaven, uh, who is basically a punk rock sailor moon cat person with wings is how I described it. As, as one does. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, like a totally normal. Yeah. But it's interesting because like when you're doing character creation in this, you blend things together to create your look and whatnot. And like, right. right. So you had to pick two. Yeah. um, Yeah. Two things to kind of blend together. Yeah. So there's like some interesting genre blending going on within this game, uh, which, which really kind of just taking a couple prompts and how do they blend? Like, really unlocks some some really phenomenal creativity i think right and we each blended our own so like each character got to pick these two yeah things for their look so i made uh my character was sellout 48 mm-hmm. um because again based on our aim screen names and so i really wanted to bring in my ska vibes <laughs> um, so you know of course based on that classic real big fish hit yeah um and i i picked cosmonaut and halloween yep. as my combination of looks so my character wore this like daft punk style helmet um but also had this floor length cape yeah um yeah and i picked the the bookworm is my is my calling so it was you know i was kind of a, a nerdy like you know uh, i i knew the encyclopedia britannica back yeah <laughs> back to front <laughs> um that was another really fun one was we did ahead of their Kickstarter. Yeah. It was it um, was a really fun game. Um I, I think it would be a, a lot of fun to play, uh depending on the scenarios that you want to throw in there. It can really change how the game plays uh mm-hmm. and your goals and whatnot. But um I, I thought that uh, it was it was another game by Banana Chan that um who's just a brilliant designer and yeah. Pretty much any anything uh, banana, anything you want to throw at us, we'll be like, you know, that's yes. fine. Let's let's cover it because let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just phenomenal. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it for 2022. We did have our Q and A episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A three part series of answering like 51 questions or something like that. I can't even remember how many questions we answered. It was, it was, it was enough that we had to do three episodes. Yeah. I know, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if we can do that every year, but it's, uh, it's definitely uh, some of those milestones. We'll just uh, throw out some more requests for questions and, and just tackle them. And, and I think it would be a lot of fun to do another time. I, yeah, we hadn't done it since our like year one yeah. recap. So we decided to do it for four years. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really interesting to see how we'd grown and changed. And yeah. uh, we got a chance to really talk about a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that we don't normally get to talk about. So that was really cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah, 2022 was a big year for us. It yeah. was, it was really enjoyable. It was a lot of fun. We got to cover a lot of great games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, 12, 13, 14, 15. So 17 different 17 games. 17 games. Wow. 17 games this yeah. year. And that's not including the couple of games that we did on our Patreon. Right, um, right. And uh, so there's a few other games behind the scenes mm-hmm. uh, that we can go into next episode. But uh, goodness, it was it, it was a good year. Uh, a lot of great games. A lot of interesting experiences during uh, recording and a, a lot of fun stuff that we did and kind of figured out about the podcast itself too along the way. Right. So yeah, we learned a lot about ourselves and our style and. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So it's exciting. Absolutely. Um, so that's all we have for these first couple of episodes. Uh, stay tuned for the next one where we're going to go over kind of our, our favorite moments of the year and yeah. uh, and and talk about some cool stuff that we did and and some of the some more behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see you then. Call to action. Yeah, like that. Normally, this is the part where Ryan and I banter back and forth about all the stuff we talked about in the episode. Um, I will say this was so much fun going back and looking at everything that we covered in 2022 because I had honestly forgotten about so much of it. And it just felt great to go through and see all of the cool stuff that we made. Um I'm really excited for all of you to hear next week's episode uh, because there's a lot of really fun discussion about the stuff that we covered, kind of our feelings on it, some of our favorites. Um, it's it's really good. We had so much fun doing this, and I kind of hope that it's something that we keep doing in years to come. Uh, our announcements now... Um, your favorite podcast and mine, Mr. Peaches, is not doing well. Um, at the time that I am recording this on January 4th, it uh, he doesn't have long. Um, they have an appointment on Friday to put him to sleep. Um, he's not been eating well. He's lost a lot of weight, um, and it seems like he has a mass somewhere in his intestines. Um He is 17, and he has been Ryan's recording companion through our years of making this podcast, and I know that this is a really tough time for Ryan. Um, If you would like to help out with the costs of his final care, you can find Ryan's PayPal at paypal.me slash lordneptune. I know that any help that any of you are able to provide would absolutely mean the world to Ryan and his family. Um, Mr. Peaches has lived a happy life with lots of snuggles, and I know yesterday they were watching Sailor Moon together, so that's great, but it's it's always a really tough thing to go through, and Mr. Peaches is... He's a staple of our podcast, honestly, and it's going to be it's going to be tough. So any help that any of you are willing to provide really would mean so much to Ryan. And again, like I said, to his family, too. We are working on putting out a newsletter. I'm still kind of figuring out the behind the scenes stuff on how to distribute it. Um, We're looking at a couple different options and I feel like we picked one but I don't remember which one because I didn't write it down um 
I also am going to try and figure out exactly how to get information, sign up information from anybody who would like a copy. And so as soon as we have a way for you to do that, we will let you know and we'll put a link in the show notes. I'm really hoping that by next week I will have an official answer for that. Um, But you can also stay tuned. I will put the info on our Twitter, hopefully our Instagram. Um, Obviously, I will definitely put it on our Discord. So if you're not a member of that, please, please join us. Um, It is a really fun group of people and uh, pretty active, actually, too. You can find that at discord.charactercreationcast.com if you'd like to join. Um, But stay tuned and I'll have more info on how you can subscribe to our newsletter. In addition to signing up for that, you could also sign up for our Patreon. All patrons get access to our bonus chit-chat episodes, um, which is really just Ryan and I sitting down and having a weekly chat as friends. We have talked about everything from vaccines, um, the eventual fall of capitalism, whether bottled soda or fountain soda is better, the dubious history of Green Bay Packers quarterbacks, Midwestern accents. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to. We we do talk a lot about our frustrations with health insurance, also. Um, but it's it's just kind of a fun, friendly chat where Ryan and I catch up every week. But we record it and put it out to all of you. So if you kind of want a way to get to know us a little bit better, or you just want to listen to my favorite genre of podcasts, friends talking about stuff. Um, you can join our Patreon and get a weekly episode of that. Beyond that, you could also sign up for one of our higher tiers and you get early access to episodes, um, bonus episodes that you won't hear on our regular feed. Um, Also, monthly Zoom chats that we hang out with our patrons for like an hour and a half once a month. And it's so much fun. We have such great conversations. So if you want to find any of that, you can find that at patreon.com slash character creation cast. One of the other things that we do, obviously, is we get to thank all of the people that have supported us there. We're really grateful to everybody that has helped us out. We've been doing our Patreon for like a little over six months now, I think, and we are just so excited for all of the support that we've gotten so far. It helps us afford making the show. We are over halfway to our goal of covering the cost so that we can kind of break even on making this. And that means so much to us. So without further ado, I get to read all the thank yous today. (laughs) Uh, First patron ever, Lieutenant, thank you so much for your support. DJG, aka Tigranosaurus, former guest, we appreciate your support. Thank you. Eric Bontz, you shouldn't have, but we're really glad you did. Thank you, Matt Newton, for your support. It brings us so much joy. Thanks, Shadim Cabal. We are so glad to have you backing us. Thank you to Daryl Holiday II. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you to the Shyest Barbarian. We could not have so much fun in our Discord or our monthly chats without you. You bring so much light to our, our little group. Benjamin Sweeney, thank you so much. We appreciate your support, Lurkin McGinnis. Thank you. We are really glad to have you here, Rob Fletcher. Thank you for supporting us. Kevin Brown, thanks. Thank you to my favorite name ever, Tentacle Duck. 
We are so glad to have John Adamus. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for everything that you have done for us as podcasters and everything you've done for me as my friend also. Um, and thank you to A3 Sketchpad. We are so glad to have you backing us as well. And thank you, of course, to all of our future patrons. We really do appreciate it. If you are interested in helping us in a way that does not cost any money, you can always leave us a rating or review. Um, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Facebook, or leaving a rating on Spotify. You can't leave a review there, but you can click some stars. Every one of those reviews helps people find our show. I know that every podcast says that, but it really does make it come up sooner in the search results. And when people look at it, they're like, oh, this sounds like a great podcast. Um, and also it just makes us feel really good because I like knowing that real people are listening to the show and that you're not all just like the numbers on our dashboard. It always feels kind of weird to see names and actual thoughts from people rather than just like an abstract concept of an audience. So we would really love if you could help us out with that and just make us feel good. That is all I have for today's episode. You can join us next time. We are going to talk about what we loved, what we're looking forward to, and best of all, I make Ryan choose a favorite child. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Stay safe, drink some water, snuggle your pets, or snuggle a stranger's pet if you're desperate, and keep making those amazing people. We'll see you next time. Creation Cast is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts, this show, and even our press kit. Character Creation Cast can be found on Twitter at CreationCast or on our Discord server at discord.charactercreationcast.com. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and I can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning or on my other podcast, Garbage of the Five Rings. Our other host, Ryan Bolter, can be found on Twitter at Lord Neptune or online at lordneptune.com. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast it originated from. Further information can be found within the show notes. Our main theme music is Hero Remix by Steve Combs and is used with a Creative Commons license. This podcast is owned by us, under Creative Commons. This episode was edited by the absolutely fantastic Ryan Bolter. Further information for the game system used in today's guests can also be found in the show notes. If you'd like to support our show, find us on Patreon. Get access to bonus episodes, extra outtakes, and much, much more at patreon.com slash character creation cast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we find the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We'll see you next time.